0: Man, I love the beat. It's the way the music comes over me. The emotions I get, I won't fight Sometimes the music is sure to make you cry and dry your eyes. You know, when the music is the way you can hide. But well, I, I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off. Be. Take me away with only good music
1: oh, 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 with only good music I tell Rihanna, please don't stop the music Cologne strum my pain with the fingers I could really use it Quiet storms full of purple rain My sharia more lovely as a summer day I'll let the whispers follow Marvin Gaye In my headphones, till the music starts to fade away I give away my brown sugar for a bit of pop If love really was a bullet, I'd have took the shot Yeah, uh Now would you buy me a drink, just to take me home Put your game in a song, just to make me moan I like my robin, take me alone A thug out bone,
0: triple shots, that's a trade I get lost, singing words, it feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain. Love when the bee takes me away. With only good?
2: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to each and every one of you, wherever you are listening in this world. Welcome to another session of the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe. I am your host, C. Maria Wall, aka The Mediator, and Shiro right here at our Ground Zero. Before we bring on our panelists, as always, I want you all to know that we're starting a new format today. Uh, It's all about what's on your mind. We want to hear from you uh, today and every day. Every show, we want to hear from you. Uh, Of course, we will have our commentaries and our uh, starting topics, but it's pretty much anything within respect and reason. Welcome to our guest over in our show chat room. And, of course, those of you who are joining us in the call query Our number is 646-478-4726. If you'd like to join us on air, of course, call in. And, of course, for those of you in our show chat room, you can type your questions or comments, and we will be sure to read them on air for you. Uh, Because I want us to jump right into the program, because this may be an abbreviated show today, Uh, I want to jump right into... The shout-out to the uh, places and provinces who have supported us for all of these years, over a decade now. Uh, And then I'll bring on our panelists so that we can get started with today's discussion. And today we're going to be focusing on the editorial by Allie B, uh, because uh, this is Mother's Day weekend. And uh, today we want to start off talking about that, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly is my suggestion. So with that said, let me turn up our music, which uh, befittingly is called Where I Want to Go by Cass Allen, by Cassandra Allen. She had uh, sent me this song uh, to use on the program many, many, many years ago. And uh, when I'm doing the list of uh, countries, you will hear Where I Want to Go. So with that said, let's give a shout out to Australia. Uh, Belize, Brazil, Cambodia, Canada, Chile, China, Denmark, Germany, Greece, India, Indonesia, Iran, the Ivory Coast, Jamaica, Kenya, Macau, China, Malaysia, Mexico, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Pakistan, the Philippines, Romania, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Sweden, Thailand, Trinidad and Tobago, Tunisia, the United Kingdom, the United States. Uh, We do still have a couple of unknowns. We're still trying to figure out who they are and where they're from. Uh, And of course, ending our list with Vietnam. With that said, we're going to hotwire all of our panelists today. Let's get this started. And then we're going to jump right into Allie B, who I believe is online as well. So ladies, Mm -hmm. ladies, ladies, happy Mother's Day to each of you and um, welcome. And it's a beautiful day. I don't know how long the sun is going to last. It's cold here, but... Beautiful day, so hanging out with beautiful people for a beautiful conversation. So, good morning. Good Good morning, morning. good
3: morning. Can you send some of that beautiful weather this way? Because we have snow.
2: Oh, wow, you all have, we don't (laughs) have it yet, but um, (laughs) they said that it's coming, so... (laughs) It's like, yep, you know, the middle of spring and it's a wonderful snowy right. day. Um, exactly.
3: <laughs> and happy Mother's Day to each one of you, ladies, and all the listeners.
1: Thank you. You as well. Happy Mother's Day, everyone.
4: Was that Allie B being quiet? It is. <laughs> yes. It's like a mouse. on the side. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: um, so, uh, you know, I. I Several
2: things are going on now. We are evolving and moving into a new um, chat format. Basically, it's open chat for the most part. We will start off with some topics like, Allie B., I want you to start off with your editorial for today. And then, uh, Tarjay and I, we're doing a special Mother's Day show tomorrow for the Sunday Morning Inspiration. Um and, of course, Allie B., of course, uh, Mother Daughter Time. Uh, anyone's welcome to join in tomorrow as well for Mother's Day, but that is a special show where we're getting down to the um, the beauty and the ugliness of uh, celebrating the parents' days because not everyone had good parents. So tomorrow is going to be a very um, heart-to-heart talk. So everyone is welcome for that as well. But I'm going to turn the mic over to Allie B because, ladies, um, a lot's going on this week and some very not-so-nice things, and uh, I believe that Allie's editorial can set the tone for our opening discussion for today. So, Allie B,
5: take it away, my dear. All right. This Mother's Day. This weekend, Ahmad Arbery should be celebrating his 26th birthday and Mother's Day with his mother and his family. Instead, his mother, Wanda Cooper Jones, and his family will mark these special occasions without their beloved son, brother, uncle, nephew, cousin, and friend. May 8th, which was Ahmaud's birthday, marked two months and 15 days since he was hunted down and senselessly murdered. Seventy-five days a mother has been without her son. Seventy-five days two men have walked the streets free and without a care in the world. Bungled cannot even begin to describe the hat job the Glenn County Police Department did with this murder case. It was an awful attempt at a cover-up. It's a relief they messed up so badly. There is no justification for what those two beings did to Ahmad Arbery. A citizen's arrest, they called it. He fit the profile of a so-called burglary suspect, they claimed. Justifiable homicide, the district attorney decried in a letter. Open and forever shut, they hoped it would be. They tried to sweep it under the rug. They tried to sweep it under the rug of lies, racism, and a system designed to protect white men who have no other desire than to hunt down and kill black men, unarmed black men. Black men running in their neighborhoods. Black men minding their own business and what meant to be a trophy of a senseless killing led to the arrest of the two monsters. Arrests that would not have happened had the recording of Ahmad's murder not been made public. I pray Ahmad's mother never has to see the last moments of her baby boy's life, the son who was born on Mother's Day 26 years ago. In interviews, she has said others have watched the video and told her what happened, and that is enough for her. Without question, she lives in his absence every day, Without question, this Mother's Day will be far different than any other Mother's Day she has experienced. This Mother's Day, I pray her heart, though heavy, will take some comfort in the precious memories of her son. I pray that the wheels of justice will turn in her favor and convict the men who unnecessarily took her son away. This Mother's Day, I pray for her strength and for her grief, a common grief she now shares with other mothers, who have suffered similar losses. So this Mother's Day and all others that follow are a somber reminder of the mothers they once were to their children, but let it also be a reminder of the mothers they will always be.
2: Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I usually say that... um, when you hear the dead space in our programs it's that time that all of our listeners are given ourselves and our listeners are given to digest what had been discussed up to that moment and um let it resonate within your spirits and your souls and in some cases your psyche uh i can tell you that today myself and all of the panelists we're mothers and The majority of us, uh, 75% of us are mothers of man, man um, man-child, young men. We're mothers of young men. And, Allie, I know that you have three girls, but your girls will have to grow up, and they're going to grow up, and they're going to get some great guy in their lives. And, uh, you know, I find it amazing, ladies, that most of these cowards, if you notice the trend They tend to, uh, in these situations, they kill the people who look like they're upstanding citizens. You don't see them going after the thugs of the world that may be packing a better pistol than they are that could take them out. They seem to be systematically um, killing off the gentlemen who seem to be those upstanding citizens, those people who may or may not possess the things that they do not. Um, It's just an observation, but I wanted to throw that out there to see what you all thought about that. And what are your thoughts about this current climate that seems to be on a continuous decline when it comes down to uh, these types of individuals targeting and attacking our sons and our children?
4: I agree. Um, I have um, Wow, that's one of those. um, I I heard the story when it first became public, but once I watched the video, it took on, I mean, I have two black sons and I have conversations with them all the time because I want them to be aware of what you know the state of the world that we're living in we're not equal we're not we're not the same, and it's not all it's not all white people, so I'm not speaking about all white people, but I am speaking about the ones who are those kind of white people, those that believe that because of the color of our skin, we are animals to be hunted. Those are the ones that I'm speaking about. And, um, of course, I live in an area that's um, predominantly white, and my children go to school with a lot of white children. And I want them to – I love the diversity. I love the fact that they get the the greater education. But I am always afraid in the back of my mind that they won't – they'll think that, you know, everywhere is like this. Everywhere is like Houston County, Georgia, and everywhere is not like this. You have racism here, but it's not, you know, we have a military base here, so you do see some other races. But, you know, when they go out, I know my kids, I I, I know they're going to be successful, and I know they're going to live in neighborhoods where there's a mixture of individuals, or they may be outnumbered. And it scares me to death because that could be one of my boys just out Running or taking a walk or You know going to their car Or whatever that's gunned down And just like you said it does not seem Like they're targeting the individuals That can That have the, the manpower to You know defend themselves The ones that don't have a problem shooting you first They target Us black people who seem like We have something going on because we are A threat and when we become A threat to them we need to be eliminated so not only is there no challenge, because more than likely they're unarmed, but it's a threat that needs to be eliminated. We're not supposed to be smart. We're not supposed to have the same types of opportunities they have. So when they see that, it has to it has to be dealt with accordingly, and that is their way of dealing with us accordingly.
2: Yeah. Shauna, what's your thoughts on this?
3: Well I know I you have a son just Well yeah, um and like she was just saying that, you know, I too live in an area that is predominantly white. Um when we moved out here I think it was three less than three percent minority. I think we might be up to maybe five percent. Um and so the bulk of my son's friends are non minorities or you know, they're white. Um and so we have to have these conversations regularly, and it hurts because, you know, it's like I feel like I'm taking away, you know, part of his light, like dimming a little bit of his light because he wants to freely run as a child, you know, um, and do those things with his friends. And I have to explain, you know, because of the color of your skin and because of the hatred in some people's hearts, you know, we have, you have to be a little more cognizant. You know of what you're doing, how you're doing it, your surroundings. Yeah, has one of his good, his closest friends. Um, you know, his dad like that particular dad likes to camp and hike and all that kind of stuff. And you know, so he ten- and he lives in a very wooded area, in a uh, predominantly white community. And so I had to explain to my son, you know, look, I understand that you know, dad, you know, dad allows you guys to take the little knives and the BB guns and things like that and run through the woods and do all the things y'all do. I was like, but you can no longer do those things. <laughs> you know, and it, it hurts because I want him to experience things and experience life in freedom. But I have to also remind him, you know, you're going to be a little black boy running through the woods with a BB gun and a little old white person is going to see you or a young, you know, just a person who doesn't like the color of your skin, doesn't like the color of your skin. And they can either fire and shoot at you because they said, "Hey, we didn't know it was just a BB gun," you know, or the cops can be the one pulling that trigger. And I can't take that phone call. Um, so this is, it's, it's hard. It, it is hard um, because they he can't experience life like I did um, as a child, um, and I have to try to make it as normal as possible, but make sure he's educated. Um, as to what is going on in the climate, the climate of today's world, this society. Um, right. You know when we're out when we're out and about, you know in the community. While it's a very family-driven community, you know there's it's old-school people here. You know there's a lot of people um, who probably don't want to see us out here, um, but because we we were told once that oh well you guys aren't the average black family. Um, so I was like, oh, so does that make us, like, cool, or does that let us, on the in crowd now, we can hang out in the cul sack with you, you know? <laughs> and I was really offended by that, you know, I was really offended by that. And, um, you know, that that shaped my interaction with the neighbors. Um, and, like, I know it's not everybody, so I'm not saying, you know, all white people are bad, not, not saying it. But it gives me opportunities to take my son into the community when we're in the grocery store and a little old lady, you know, who's walking ahead of us to the side, you know, she glances and sees us coming and she moves even closer to the side and grabs her purse, you know, and then I'll say, well, did you see that? You know, I have to make him aware of their tactics um, because, you know, when I see it, I'm like, hey, she could have easily said that, you know, you reached for her purse or you made a gesture and she was afraid. So I'm just trying to teach him the ways that, you know, the the taxes that they use to try to put our boys in these bad situations. So it's it's disheartening, um, you know, to hear what happened and to to this young man and, you know, the fact that you know, and I'm the fact that what's been put out on the radio or news, they had sat on that video, you know. So I'm so. Thankful for however it got out, um, because justice does have to be served. But it is such an eye opener, and this stuff that our babies are being targeted and sought after relentlessly by people's hatred in their hearts. And that that that's that's unfortunate. And very sad. And it angers me, being the mother of a black you know young man. You know, I don't. I want to shelter them. I want to put them in a bubble, you know. Um, right. And I, it's, and you can't. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like you can equip them with all the information, equip them with processes, equip them with you know how to say things, how to respond if the cop says something, you know. But and you have to just you know pray and send them out in the world, and hope that I don't have to go out there with any you know behind anybody with my mind in hand. So that's just where I'm at, right?
2: Right. And uh, Allie B, I know that you have daughters, but they're going to grow up and they're going to go out into the world and meet some great guys. And and then you you, you know you you have a husband, you have loved ones and, and people in your life. Um, How are you dealing with this? What are you saying to your girls? Because whether we know it or not, society usually shows when they're killing our black males or our minority males. But um, what a lot of times you see every now and then is how they're treating females as well. Can we say Sandra Bland? Can we say, um, what was another one that... um, well, let's just stick with Sandra Bland because she was very uh that was a very um um popular uh in public um incident. So, what do you do? Uh, how are you you preparing your girls for uh what they'll have to go through in life?
5: I have to raise awareness. I have to have those tough conversations. Um, It's a little bit easier to talk to my oldest because she's starting to see things for herself and see how, you know, even how some of her classmates interact and some of the slick things that they will say, and she'll come home and she'll talk to me about it. They're trying to keep those lines of communication open um, with my now six-year-old. I haven't quite approached it yet and um, I'm not quite sure how to explain it without making her feel that uh, you know there's certain people that she needs to avoid and you know in turn end up avoiding a lot of people that wouldn't harm her and in my household I have uh, two stepchildren and I have a stepson and I'm I don't even know how to express, you know, the concern that I have and how much I want all of my children to understand the realities of being black children. And some things even remind me of when I was younger. I remember I had a little friend who whose house I wasn't allowed to go into because her parents didn't like black people. And I could only play with her outside. And I was hoping that when I had children of my own that I wouldn't have to deal with those types of things anymore. And now having to deal with the idea of some violent situation happening just because they're out minding their own business or they're congregated with their friends or if they're just walking or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's frustrating and it's scary to think that they have to have additional tools just to stay alive. And as Tarje uh, was saying, it's like we're not equal. And that's the, the tough conversation that I have to have with all of my children. And then even in in these situations where these young black men and women have been violently killed, I'm afraid of what happens afterwards with the media portrayal. It's almost as if they start trying to find fault and justify why they had to be gunned down. And... I'm afraid that is going to be the case with this situation and just reading some of those reports that even in death, they try to villain, villainize and it's just, it's disheartening.
3: And yeah. then on top Thank of all I- this, you know, to hear, see them say that, you know, I was watching, I was listening to the news last night about this and you know, I was not aware until yesterday that you know, until this happened, you know, that Georgia doesn't have a hate crime law. And I'm like out of all places, you know, out of well, you know, there should be one of all the southern states that has this hate crime law and to hear that, you know, oh, well they don't have if it doesn't have to do with like a um doesn't have a hate crime, they don't have this hate crime prevention law, so if something happens, it commits a crime, and it's not, like, initiated or uh, motivated, you know, by a bias, it's like, they can't pursue that charge, really? And I said, okay. So it's just, so much has gone on, you know, in some of these states, and I'm, like I said, I'm just grateful that this came to light. It reminded me when we, a few years ago, we were, I was coming from the high school with my son. He wasn't in high school at the time. We were coming from the high school. And there were these, I think there were three, they were young kids, you know, probably 11 through 13, young black guys, or maybe four. It was four, I'm sorry. And it was one Caucasian gentleman, a young boy. And they were, you know, hanging out playing and they were walking toward probably the rec center because the rec center is on the campus of the school. And I remember the young black guys, you know, like they were playing, but they were, they were almost, it looked like if to someone, like they were kind of capturing or holding the little white boy hostage because they were pulling on them and, you know, but they were all laughing because I'm, I'm parked next to them so I can see them. But I wrote, I remember I wrote my window down and I said, hey, come here. And they looked at me I said, well, don't come too close to my car because I don't know you. And I said, let that little white boy go. <laughs> oh, okay. And the one boy looked at me and I said, let him go. And they said, we're playing. I said, I know you're playing. And I said, but for someone out there and a, a cop that's drive by, it doesn't look like you guys are playing. It looks like you're roughing up this little white boy. And the one boy instantly, you know, let go and took a step back. And I said, I'm trying to save your life. And I said it as a mother, but it, this reminded me of that. And I know how, I know my community. I know my community. Mm-hmm. When I was out here showing, doing pictures for, of an appraisal company, one of my community people said, hey, what do you have? And I'm like, excuse me, what do you have? I'm like, what do you mean? she said cuz she came out to the car with her shotgun um she goes i now know why you're here and i chose to ask questions before i pointed and she said but you're driving around taking these pictures in some on some of the rural areas out here and she said we all have shotguns what do you have and oh and that's wow. that i did not Yeah, but it was an eye-opener because I, you know, I wasn't raised with all this, you know, around, you know, so this was like, you know, I was raised, like, hey, you know, like, let's just all go together and run around. So it was just like, it was an eye-opening moment for me because I'm like, I am in these back streets and nobody knows I'm back here and we have open fire in my community. So we hear shotguns going off all the time. And so it's just like somebody, her just saying, her being a white woman telling me, baby, go get something because I know why you're here doing an appraisal on my house, but some, I don't, they're not always for appraisals. It might be because you're losing a home, and you might be angry, and then here's some little black girl coming on or near your property, and I'll say near because I can't enter the property, cross the property line without their permission, and I can get shot. So, yeah, that's, and so that was one of the first reasons why I got my CCW for defense, again, and a white lady telling me to do it. It's just, I don't know. And it's the, what I don't, what I have to try to get my son to understand is, because his, again, the bulk of his friends um, are white, when they don't under, they don't understand why I don't let him go do certain things. And they're like, oh, come on, Ms. Stephen, come on. I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, you guys don't understand. And I've had a couple conversations with a couple of their parents to say it's not, we like you, you know, we like you. (laughs) I enjoy my son's friendship, but I have to try to protect my son. And until I can trust Mm -hmm. that he would act on what I'm saying to him versus the peer pressure of the children who don't have to experience these things, it's a wrap for him. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. My job is to keep him alive. That's my job by any means necessary. You guys know, well, see, you know my daughter's. She's 22. And, you Mm -hmm. know, when you grow up, my parents are from South Carolina, and they're older, 80s and late 70s. And, you know, I would listen to their stories and, you know, and. I, honestly, I was like, oh, wow, this just sounds like stuff out the history books, you know, the stuff we hear about. It's a, you know, so long ago history. And I remember a year Faith and I were driving. She had to be about five, maybe six, five or six years old. And we were doing our first car ride solo to South Carolina. And my dad said, you know, gas up. before you you hit Marietta. When you see the Marietta sign, Marietta, Ohio sign, he was like, gas up before you cross that blue bridge. And I was like, Daddy, why? He said, because you don't want to gas up on the other side of that bridge. And he was like, and the gas stations are far and in between. I said, okay, Daddy. And so he tends to go back to the life he remembers, the hatred and, you know, the racism, things like that. And I remember saying, so, again, my daughter's 22. This is when she was about five-ish five or six. And I was like, Daddy, you know, it's not like it was back then. You know, relax. It'll be fine. So y'all know Shauna's hard-headed. I see the blue bridge. I look at the gas tank. Oh, we're good. And we cross the blue bridge without gassing up. Needless to say, we need a gas shortly thereafter. And I remember seeing it was a BP sign on, you know, I was on the right-hand side. And you get off and you had to go down into like a valley. And I can't tell you what city after the Marietta Blue Bridge um it is, but I went we got off and I had a little forward focus. We got off and we went down. I'm like, okay, it's daylight, you know, it's we're good, you know. It's not nineteen fifty. And I go inside and give the guy cash for the gas. And as we're standing outside and, you know, she's outside the car talking to me and I'm pumping and these two gentlemen drove down the hill approaching the gas station on their four-wheelers. They had shotguns across their laps. And I'm like, okay, well, we're in, like, I'm like, whatever, is that West Virginia or Virginia? Oh, this This is a hunting area. So I wasn't alarmed by the shotguns until they approached us. They drove close to us and asked us, what were we doing? And I'm like, okay, isn't it obvious we're getting gas? You know, so I looked and I said, we're just getting some gas. And he, the one, the gentleman closest to us, said, "Well, I'm gonna need y'all to get on up out of here." He said, "Where y'all headed?" My daughter, being young, and we're headed to, you know, Florence, South Carolina. And I, I, I kind of tapped her and was like, "Be quiet, you know, get in the car and be quiet." And the other gentleman cocked his shotgun and pointed it at us and said, "I guess y'all best be going out of here now." And the fear that I felt having the shotgun pointed at me in the valley of God knows wherever I was with my young child in this day. And at that time, it was like in this day and age, I can never Mm -hmm. explain that. I never want to feel that again. And I remember just stop, stop pumping the gas. I wasn't even finished, you know, with the money I paid. And I just, I didn't go for the change. I just hung up the little gas thing, the handle, got in my car and pulled out. And I just remember driving and crying. Because I was A, like I just didn't listen to my dad <laughs> but just did I just experience that. In this day and age, like this is in the early two thousands. Did I really just experienced this? Yeah, I did.
0: Yeah.
2: It's very prevalent. It's still here. Um, We see it in our workplace. We see it in some of our neighborhoods. We see it everywhere. And to hear that infamous, you're a different type of Negro, or you're a different type of this, but let's take this a step further. This is deeper than black and white. It's Jews against blacks. It's Asians against blacks. It's Latinos against blacks. Because a lot of these people who the whites tend to attack as well, they still think that they are a step above the black man. And the hatred that has been unleashed in this country uh, lately in the last three years or so has permeated throughout the world. So the brown people are being attacked and targeted everywhere. And we need to understand that it's not just a black and white issue. It's a black against the world issue. It's a brown against the world issue, and even then, no matter – the current regime talks about the border, the border, the border, keeping these Mexicans, as they call them, out, out, out. But then the Mexicans here still think that they're better than the blacks here who were born here who are Americans who came here legally, and they still think that they're better. And then how many videos and things do we see of the Asians who are doing things against brown people, black and brown people? So this runs so much, it's us against the world. So my next question I think should be, or is, where do we go from here? Because we see the infamous right now, there in the South, no justice, no peace. But how many days, weeks might that go on before the people forget? How many of the people have forgotten the cop that killed the guy when she went into the wrong apartment? How many people have forgotten Mm -hmm. Eddie Gray? Freddie Gray. Freddie Gray. How many people have forgotten uh, Brown? How many people have forgotten these people? We go right back to business as normal. We go right back to the crabs in a barrel mentality. We go right back. We don't come together. That's another problem. We don't stick together. You have uh Uh, Like the whites told you, you're a different kind of Negro. Then you have the blacks who, you're a bougie Negro. And then you go from one thing to another. And we can't come together as a people. We don't understand that if we take a week and not buy the hair, not buy the nails, and not do this, we can shut this gin joint down. And the bottom line is that our black dollars run this country. And they know it, but they also know that we as a people, we will not come together because until we realize how strong we are together, this is going to continue. And even though so many people died for us to have equality and freedom, which they're trying to take away bit by bit. And I've said this before, where I was listening to a talk show and they said a black person with a PhD will never make as much money or get ahead like a white person with a high school diploma. I live in and see it every single work day. They don't know anything. They want you to do all the work. They want you to train them to make the money and to be in their leadership positions that they're not worthy to be in. There's so many facets to this ugly picture that's emerging and Uh, evolving yet devolving in this country alone and we are at this crossroads now where some people are going to get tired of being sick and tired and it seems like everyone is silent from the other side and the governmental uh, hierarchy to uh, um, for a while the the Black Panthers want to rise now they're silent you don't hear from the the uh, the gangs There's no No one's coming together to put a stop To this poison That's permeating in this country And it's almost to the point where I'll have to retire And I may joke about it But I'll have to retire And there's only one me So I'll have to bring all of my grandchildren together And I'll have to be the one to cart them everywhere And I make sure that I know every law in that state And now we may need to start buying each other body cams that are hotwired 24-7 until we walk in our homes, and then we have to have security cams in our homes that are hot-wired to make sure that whatever they're doing is being filmed somewhere. Like the, the boy who said, somebody come get my stupid ass, or whatever he said, don't know what he did, but it was evident he was running away from the police, and a mirage of bullets that they... Pointed and shot towards him and killed him Then laughed about it without realizing That he was still streaming live on Facebook We have to start thinking about other ways now Because if we can't be with all of our children And our loved ones What we can do Is give them all the resources that they need To have their time, their lives. Uh, justified, if someone's going to take them out, we want to make sure that we give them a fighting chance any way that we can. And um, I encourage everyone, and you know, some people say, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. You're going to be covered by the blood from those bullet holes soon if you don't wake up. God is not going to come down here and protect you from those, those racist police, from those racist father-and-son teams and those racist neighbors who choose to target you and hunt you down because they're pretty sure that you don't have a weapon to fight them with. They're pretty sure that they can get away with it and go to their secret meetings and celebrate taking of a human life because they consider us less than human and nothing at all, and you have a regime in charge now. Who feels the same way.
3: If you're in mm-hmm. our chat, uh if you're in our I'm call, Benita query, just put a Benita just put a comment in the chat that said unfortunately this is still prevalent in this day and age. It is embedded in the fabric of our culture. Benita, can you expound like what it was a, a particular point um when you said it is embedded? We'll love to hear a little more.
2: And we have a caller as well. Awesome. So while we're waiting for Benita To do that We're going to welcome a caller uh, Last four seven two four four seven two four four. 7244 Good
3: morning
6: Hello hello. peace and power queens How's everybody this morning
3: Well well how are you
6: I'm doing just fine That's great um, My name is Iquanif and I'm, I'm calling from South Carolina um, And um, Just weighing in on um this this aspect of the discussion that you guys were, you know, surveying. Uh and it is a one it was it was kinda uh very saddening and I'm not gonna say awing because things like this doesn't doesn't really shock me. Uh just kinda like after, you know, Dylan Roof came into uh the church down in, in Charleston, we had our people if it was not the next day The day after that where we were saying Hey we openly forgive you We forgive you dot 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 Why did you do this And in this case where this brother was killed Right uh, His best friend has now come out Saying that hey this is not about race Right Why he is saying that And that is this man's friend I don't know If this is a shared type of thinking I'm not sure You understand But this is the type of frail thinking That we have to leave behind Saying that it's not about race It's not about skin color Oh yes it was 100% Because if that were a white boy jogging Even if they said they had A white suspect robbing I'm pretty sure they would Have given that white boy An opportunity to live Just as even in a similar case The little boy that uh, You know was led the cops on the High speed chase right and was shot 10 times in the back You understand, this is no different than what was going on with people or with our people, not all people, with black people 40, 50, 60 years ago. All people in America were not getting dog-sicked on them. All people in America were not being ousted from being able to use a public restroom. All people were not being hanged from trees. All people don't have these illustrations to help remind them of the traumatic experiences they've had in their historical coming. You understand? So I think the frail mindset that this young man's friend asserted, and some, a lot of our people carry, you know, it's not about, you know, color. We are, we are all the same, right? I hear that so much. We are not all the same because little white boys can walk to school and not worry about being, you know uh apprehended by a cop, or you know they can walk down the road and carry skittles and uh uh or maybe sometimes even a gun. I've seen white boys walk away with guns and police are behind, and they don't they don't shoot them, but then they would shoot an unarmed man running away from them ten times in the back, and that shows a hundred percent the mentality that is still here, even Hundreds of years after we were, quote, unquote, brought over, right, this mentality still lies within those people that are in authoritative positions, whether it be Donald Trump, whether it be the the local council, whoever it is, these types of mentalities are still lodged into the thinking, into the very fabric, into the very makeup, the infrastructure of America that we see. So it's no wonder. That we have Donald Trump, parading and promoting what he's promoting because it's still an imperialistic, capitalistic, uh, monopolizing mind that supports white supremacy, the white, the good old boy, um, good old boy system. So great conversation you you queens are having tonight, and it is a one, um, not tonight this morning, and it it's a one that we need to have because now we're coming up and celebrating Mother's Day, and our mothers are going to be. We're needing you guys to be strong for us to help support the type of the quality of men we should be. you understand I've seen a lot of homosexual and I'm not taking any shots at anybody, but I've seen the degenerative side of of us as men be supported I've seen you know we we support a young man putting on a dress I've seen women support. Uh, uh, a young man going out there playing uh, or having five and six girlfriends. We need to stop supporting these types of images of our men and start to support the strong images and encouraging. Uh, And we appreciate those women that do. You guys that already do that, we appreciate you
2: all. Thank you so much. And I hope that you can hang around on the call because I'd love to uh, get your uh, opinion on, where, where are we, let's take everything out of the, uh, the equation right now, because where are we going wrong and what do we need to do to make it right? Because there's so many people, especially on social media, I get tired of seeing people they, they post all of these things and they're doing this and they're doing this. And I said, but you haven't posted a solution. We come here every Saturday. We keep it real. We bring it. Whether people listen, Hey, we're putting it out there. You know, you can bring all the knowledge to the people, but you cannot make them take it and think. So we're doing our part as best we can while trying to stay ahead of the hatred for ourselves and for our loved ones. But as a male, where are we failing as a people where, again, as I said earlier, They can talk about no justice, no peace for a couple weeks, and then all of a sudden, if you ask the same people, who are some of the people that you were fighting for a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, they can't even name them anymore. They don't remember the Trayvons. They don't remember the Browns. They don't remember the Blands. They don't remember this young man. They won't remember this. They'll go on with their lives, and you have the people that say, well, you know, I ain't got no problem. I'm like, okay, so until it, it's okay until it comes to your door. That's what you're saying. And trust me, at some point, it will come to the door of those people who feel as though they're covered in the blood of Jesus, and Jesus is just going to come down from heaven and save them and their loved ones from the hatred. I'm like, people, you got to do better. Because this, I tell people in a heartbeat, the only reason why you're alive is because you're over there right now. Your forgiveness comes between you and God because you targeted my loved one. You did that with intent and malice. And this young man who they just killed, to me, they're going through all of these motions to pacify until I see a conviction And a conviction that has the proper um, sentencing to go with it, they're going through the motions to pacify the people yet again. And in the end, they'll say, well, you know, the grand jury said they don't have justifiable cause because they thought that he was a robber. Robber of what? No one's looking at the facts. That's how law works. But they run by a different set of laws that has nothing to do with the actual law. So – what do you think? What do you think about that?
6: Well, I I, I think the the thing that and and right now currently, uh, especially looking at the the works of site uh, psychiatrists, um, uh, Dr. Francis Crast Wilson, and being able to speak with her on some of these issues that that plague us uh, psychologically, these things have. Been And these things have been scientifically proven um, When we have these This this, this uh, high level Of traumatic experiences That have been downloaded That have been embedded into our psyche That have been embedded into our spirit These very things have been embedded in Even into our bodies, our physical bodies, right? And we can't deny this Some people try to deny this but it only comes out in a way where rather than you working to restore the problem, you're only going to kill your brother. You understand? So rather than cleaning up the initial problem, you're, you're only going to further perpetuate another problem. You understand? And so they tell you if, if you have a fracture or something that's going on with you, you need to go get that fixed. If not, you can cause something else to hurt. And I think that is what we have and are going through. Uh, we have, we are seeing the same things to, 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 to be so important where I'm thinking that the issues that we're going through today is so advanced or so far from the issues that people were going through. Fifth year is basically the same type of issue where our quality of life is not the quality of life of our ancestors is not respected. And nobody is going to do that for us. Because the majority of our people are waiting on Like you said, the Lord to do that for us Rather than going over To service our ancestors Or thinking about them We're just saying, well hey, I'll just think about the Lord And I don't have to think about the ancestors Or Santa Bland Because they are with the Lord right? And when I think about the Lord I'm thinking about everybody So I'm killing three birds with one stone Um, So our people Are not at a place Where we appreciate what our ancestors have done, we appreciate the ups and downs. We are not those people, you understand. And that is the only solution. The that th- that time and day we go back and we start to appreciate the highlights of our historical coming, and also our, our down parts. Because you, you you named out Sandra Bland, you know, you, those don't highlight the greatness of our historical coming, right? With that, it, it, it really doesn't. But it, it it highlights the truth. We don't wanna be biased. We wanna look at the goods and the bads because we wanna survey ourselves. We wanna survey our condition in a realistic manner so we can, you know, go about creating some realistic solutions. Because we said, Hey, we got this solution or this is gonna work Praying about it is going to work Well, you go to a couple more anniversaries Just give a couple more time But now we're in the day where we've been doing that For 10, and 15, 20, 30, 40 years And that, that that hasn't brought us anywhere You know, the white folks are actually uh, Propagating the image that the, that the Bible doesn't say is, is true, right? White people, you go in churches You're going to see a picture of a white Jesus Long straight hair, right? Big blue eyes it doesn't go with the, 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 the illustration of the son of man that is in the Bible, head of wool, skin of burnt bread. So my question to Jesus is that if these white people are the ones that are carrying around the blasphemous image, right? They are the ones carrying around the blasphemous, untrue image of you, Jesus. Why is it that they are still being allowed to win? Why isn't that that nine, people, nine white people got killed in the church? Where were you, Jesus, when you when when we needed you to be the security guard at our church service, right? And these are questions that we should be asking ourselves because I I think uh, this 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 uh, romanticizing that we have with these myths created by our enemy, right? This this romanticizing mentality we have it kind of distracts us and keeps us away from our mathematical and scientific view to understand, hey, I don't pray and the only way I eat is go out there and go work a job and go get some money in order to put some food on the table. But if I'm praying all day, that's not gonna bring me a plate of food. So there's there somewhere there in we're gonna have to understand the scientific and mathematical understanding to, to solve this equation. Or these equations that we find ourselves in hey,
2: And I wanted to uh, uh, Ladies and uh, Caller and gentlemen I wanted to bring I just saw this article uh, You heard about the lawmaker Where the the uh, those radical right, White rings came there With the guns and all of this uh, I guess to threaten her Or to make her feel uncomfortable Well Here's an article out of the, um, what's the name of this paper? The Guardian. In Michigan, armed black citizens escort Michigan lawmaker to Capitol after volatile right-wing protests. And so it is beginning. I have said that history has proven that this crap cannot and will not survive. So now you have black citizens who are also armed coming to the aid of the lawmakers and other black citizens And this is what it's coming down to Someone posted on social media the, media the other day That we need to start getting ourselves armed up And getting our conceal and carries, And taking care of all of that If we have to slap it to the side of our car Officer, I have a conceal and carry legally They got a gun It's right here on this big sign on the side of my car I have a conceal and carry so if you shoot me, there's a problem. We should all, in my opinion, have dash cams, because they're not going to tell the truth, and they're going to try to bury the truth. But it's a picture of um, one, two, three, four, five African-American people. It looks like one female and four males, their assault rifles, standing there on the steps
0: of yeah, that government that that place, that was, just it was, like
3: they did. Because wasn't it there, if I remember the article correctly, she did that because I think previously, I don't know, the time frame, the week before, whenever it was, there was a protest by people. Right. Um, Correct. Other, other hate groups. Um, yes.
2: And now they're, she's being escorted. One of Anthony's constituents, a black firefighter, organized Wednesday's Capitol Escort. While early reports focused on three black men with large rifles escorting Anthony, there were six participants, including two women, and some of them were armed with handguns, Lynn said. Five of the participants are black, and one is Hispanic. Michael Lynn Jr., a Lansing resident, said he was frustrated to see his legislator being violently intimidated in her workplace. He said the escort was the first time he had ever chosen to openly carry his AR-15 rifle. You know, the, the regime in charge has been forcing this, but they're not ready for the pushback. And there is going to be a pushback. Because we're not going to readily allow these people to come storming into our homes and into our lives and not expect a response. Is it going to be everyone? Probably not, because you have some people who are still lost in that slave mentality. They're waiting for someone else to come and save them. But it's coming. This is the beginning. You're going to see a lot more of this. This is just my personal opinion. But it's coming. You're going to see a lot more walkouts on workplaces. They think that the pandemic is leaving them without employees and workplaces. People need to understand you have a plan. You come in one day and you tell them, by the way, I quit. But you have another job lined up to go to. When you know that these places that we have been patronizing, when they come out as doing things that are questionable and racist, you stop patronizing them. There's some places, Denny's, Papa John's, I have not patronized them since they proved who they were. When they chose to start being emboldened by their actions, I chose to keep my money. I've saved a lot of money by not supporting racist businesses. Just something to think about. Ladies, are you there? Anybody want to chime in on this?
3: Because I'm getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, this is the thing, you know, let me just say, there's a couple of thoughts I have. Um, but the first thing I do want to circle back, because she did post a response to my question when I asked Benita what she was referencing and when she said it is embedded in the fabric of our culture. And she responded, racism, the hatred against any and all minority groups. So I did want to circle back there. Thank you for um, sharing your comments, um, Benita. Um, There's a few things I want to say, so it's gonna. I'm gonna probably y'all know me, I'm gonna be all over the map, so just hang in there. Um, I think that oftentimes, especially especially in our black community amongst our people, because we because there is um, the history in the church, we have a tendency, I do believe, to um, bash those who. Lean towards prayer I understand what our caller Was saying from the things That I heard um, In regards to our ancestors But I also know Our ancestors prayed I understand that we just can't say I'm going to pray about it And take no action Because even the Bible tells us to act I think that time to move beyond pointing our fingers at the church it's time for us to move beyond knocking those who choose to only pray their choice just as God has given us a free will to make choices it's their choice I'm kind of at a place in my life where I no longer want to even talk about and point the fingers at the church because that, too, is a distraction to the, result, to, what, um, to the results that we need. We need to take action for whatever that action is in your, that you choose in your life, for you and your family and your community. If we keep pointing our fingers at the church or any other organization, it deflects now and turns into less bad this place. I'm not saying that's what the caller was saying. I'm just sharing now how I feel. I oh, and huh?
6: I'm sorry I'm sorry, sis. I'm sorry.
3: No, no, go ahead, caller.
5: Okay, and you're our guest you know, I, please speak.
6: <laughs> yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And I, you know, definitely appreciate the the young lady's um, you know, response and I'm a one that that definitely uh is uh you know coming into this this Mother's Day weekend I'm able to celebrate uh a very praying or several very praying grandmothers um they they prayed hard they devoted mm-hmm. the majority a lot of their time a lot of their I remember my grandma uh giving money to the church on countless amounts of of Sundays right and where there was, that was what I I'm, was, I'm assuming because when she died, she was 89 years old and she was one of those folks that gave her ties religiously. Right. And to say that, you know, that was young, a young man speaking and, and I'm in the African priesthood and I'm, of course, not bashing, but I am a one to honestly, because even in the church, it said uh, one of the scriptures that took me out of the church was they that worship him. Must worship him in spirit and the truth, right? We can do the spirit thing when we're in the church. We were doing the spirit thing, but we weren't doing the truthful thing because that white Jesus was still hanging up in the background, right? So while we are praying and we're looking at our relationship to Jesus or we're holding high to Jesus, and then God is definitely basically one and the same as Jesus, you're looking at that white man, right? That's just a reality, regardless of what the scripture says. So when you look at that, that right there is a trick. We've given uh, over a trillion dollars to the church, right? But to say that we don't have any jobs for our people, to say that we don't have— I'm upset because I I do have a brother. His name is Michael Robinson. He has a church up in Kentucky. His church is the only church that in now, in these times, and what happened to this young brother— He's talking about he, as a pastor, is going to defend himself with a, with a firearm. I have so many pastors that I've heard that say, well, hey, just pray about it. I got Jesus on my side. Some people say, well, I don't need a gun. I got my – I've heard a man say, I got my 66 shooter. My 66 ber- verses, I got my Bible with me. And if we're actually – in your spiritual uh, uh, stability and your, and your devotion, that's great. But to say that, hey, just because I prayed or just because I got this Bible in my pocket, I can walk out in front of the world and I can you know uh, um, and, and, and I can encounter danger and not mm-hmm. be you know no, no, I, I think that's a that's a frail thinking, and that's a thinking that when we assess the situation, because we have prayed, we as black people have prayed to uh Christianity. Or within Christianity to, to Jesus We pay more homage to Jesus Than white people even pay homage White people are not going to these anniversaries And going to be in church all day They don't do that When you go to these white churches And, the, and that image that, that that our people are praising or look Is looking like white folks Right So at the end of the day How is it that white people are still in a dynamic Where they're winning It's okay They can feel comfortable to run around In the neighborhood and not be we can't feel comfortable and not, you know, without being killed by by us and also being killed by somebody that 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 doesn't look like us. So I'm not bashing the church. I'm just holding more accountability with the quote unquote tools that we were given in the church, because I I know people that are in the mosque. I know people that are in the church. I know people in, in, in many different forms of religion. And I don't I need everybody. Because on my, in my neighborhood, you might have very different denominations, very di- very different religions, and that's why I say it has to be a point where we put that to the side, and when we look at the thing that makes us common, and that is a hundred percent what our ancestors gave us, because we are created in the image of our ancestors. You understand? And my ancestors were black, so therefore I bring, I have their struggles, and as well I have their their you know their their high points you know, their accomplishments. So all of that is wrapped up. So so even when we when we're talking about having a history of coming from a history of hanging in America, that doesn't come from all people. All people, my ancestors, have that in bedded. So I think it's very important for under to understand because the Bible doesn't really give us any credence or, or make us feel good about ourselves as black folk. That we just have to be honest. The Bible that I was brought up in it had an overwhelming amount of pictures of white folks. So inside that being a literary work, if the actual illustrations aren't hundred percent true, how can we say in the face of the creator that the word is hundred percent true? You know, and I and I think we, we we must ask ourselves, well hey, is this thing working for us? Is it working against us? So that's that's all I'm saying. We we just just assessing whether it be Christianity, whether it be AME, whether it be Baptist Whose, whose church is, is working because I know the church that I grew up in when I go back to that community it's very bad you have killing it was a young boy that just got killed there last week so the presence of that church if that church being there is not going to help encourage the quality of life what is it doing there it's my question that's all
3: well I think that we um the black community has a, a tendency to mm-hmm to run to the church to be a savior when they don't even act in their best interest in their own homes for themselves, to save themselves. I think that what and what I was trying to point out, one of the points I was trying to get to earlier was that when we have discussions such as this and other topics, we quickly, as blacks, point the finger at the church. When this is Bigger than just the four walls of a church. Our upbringing was predominantly centered around Christianity because of the impact of Christianity during the slave time. The, you know, slave owners, here's the Bible, you guys got to read the Bible. I get all, I understand that. My hope, my hope is that we, when we have these discussions, that we don't even have to bring up the church. The church dwells within each and every one of us. It's not the four walls. God dwells within every each and every one of us. If I am created in His image, guess what? Where is He at within me? So that was my point. Was like, yeah, the church has its flaws. Every organization has it has its flaws. I understand you know, I had the little blue Bible with, you know, Jesus sitting under a tree with the children around his feet growing up, (laughs) you know, and you flip through and every so many pages you had a picture and an image of what the writer and the author of that particular Bible or publishing company wanted you to see embedded in your head. But just as those pictures embedded in the heads of of all these people that you know, that God or Jesus is white, when we I think when we have these kind of discussions and all we talk, you know, we often bring up, and I'm guilty of this as well, we often bring up the church. We are embedding a picture and presenting it to the world as, you know, church. Church is bad. Church is this. We portray church hurt just as they portrayed and embedded in our head the pictures of the Jesus they wanted us to believe how he is or what he looked like. So I have moved beyond the church pointing the finger at the church because I've realized that the the churches that I have experienced are ran by man. Some with good intention and some not so good intention. But as long as I focus on the running, the man-made churches that are, they're being ran on their own laws and their own beliefs, and that takes my attention off of God. I am no Bible thumper, but I, have, I believe in my God because he has provided when all I did was pray. in wisdom, because the Bible talks about wisdom, and to get an understanding, I've learned now how to move beyond just prayer. I've learned to move beyond just pointing the finger. I learned to move beyond my own church hurt and say it's bigger than the church. And I'm I I personally was convicted of pointing the finger and calling out pastors by name that I felt were sending messages that were contradicting God's message of love. Right? And I got I felt convicted from that. Speak against people who don't say truth. You mentioned the caller about the the verse that says, in spirit and in truth. The problem with the perception of that verse is that everybody has their own truth. Some are misguided truths. But some truths are people's experiences. Some truths are to brainwash people. I get it. So I think that we... As people, especially those in the church, just need to get to a place of knowing your own belief system, not just knowing it, owning it, walking it, knowing why you believe what you believe. But we can't keep pointing the finger at our church hurt because then we it, take, it shifts us to a whole different topic and it distracts us from putting that energy into saving our children, saving our homes, saving our lives, even just moving forward in life. See, mention the whole salary cap. If I'm always blaming the man, blaming the church, it's going to prevent people from tackling the real issues because the enemy is going to distract us. We get distracted by the shiny, you know, bling things. As she said, you know, this was a time during this whole virus and when we're all at home. This is a time where a lot of us, especially you know, women who visited various salons, we, we learned how to self-sustain. I, I believe it was Tarjay that mentioned was that last week, I'm sorry, a couple weeks ago we were on here, the things that she has learned how to do herself. So the some of the distractions, the shiny, blinky things become distractions too so where Mario Jack- yes, ma'am. Go right ahead
2: I think that I think that somewhere we this got lost in translation it's not the church itself it's the people who are sitting here basically using. The ideology of the church is their reason for, as we've all agreed upon, not moving,
1: staying right, right. in stagnant waters,
2: right. okay? That's right. And I understand that. But when you talk about the church, we're not talking about the institution itself. But there are so many people mm-hmm. that say, for instance, you know, I'm covered in the blood. All these people that mm-hmm. went out during the COVID back to church and said, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. Then they got... Covid nineteen, right? I'm right. like, okay, so no, let's I come that. back and I'm saying but We this. can't
3: keep talking about the church because if we keep focusing on the conversation about the church, we're not focusing on a solution. We're, and, and, but we're not talking and, and, about and, and, the church
4: and, 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 itself. Part of that is we're talking about talking about the talk- church is. Go ahead.
2: What we're talking about, we're not talking about the church itself. We're talking about those people, the main people that would tell you, i got my Jesus and I, I'm pray about it. But when it comes time, when that militia is coming down your street and the people who are praying about it say, God, give me the strength, you have your, your conceal and carry. If we need to come together and use it, we're going to do what we have to do. Those same That's people right. were talking about, going to save me, they' the main ones that are becoming there to take part of the spoils after the war right. and act like That's they had right. a rolling pardon when they were actually right. sitting in silence using using the church as their issue. It's a different dynamic. Look at it from that point. We're not pointing the finger at the church itself we're pointing We're saying that there are people who use the church as their reason for not moving. No, I got that. I totally
3: got that. Yeah. No, my whole thought, my whole thing isn't not just that. I I get it. People, I've been in church. I've planted churches. I get it that people use that. But I'm just my whole thought. My whole comment was about moving beyond discussing it and just focus on some. You know, talk about the various solutions the option. You, you can't move beyond we it. We know all what we're talking of, about. We know part all of it. Is. But we talk about it all the time <laughs> is what I'm saying. We got to move beyond talking about the same thing all the time because you said you want to talk. What's the solution? What are we going to do about it? We tend well, to
6: so get I, 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 I say this. I, I say this right here. What's the solution that I learned on the outside of the church and that if mm-hmm. I were in the church, like if you utilize the quote unquote stories if there were enough stories of Jesus in which, like I said, going back, studying, doing the truth studying, Jesus was actually created in the Council of Nicaea. You understand? And the Council of N- Jamnia. There were several councils, archbishops and uh, cardinals and other people that would come together to talk about what was going to go into the Bible. So when we're talking about us having this relationship with Jesus, that's the one that, hey, I have to be honest with. Because I used to say I love Jesus. I used to say I love the Lord, right? And I got into the Bible where I started studying. And in the, study, in the Bible, it, 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 it removes the part where it tells me about my greatness. Because I was great before the Bible. That's what they don't tell you in the Bible, that black people already was here thousands of years and we were able to maintain civilizations for thousands of years. So with us accepting this, that's basically discounting what our ancestors had done long before any Jesus had come or any Jesus had even started to become written about is the reality. When you look at Constantine going into the Bible is very important because a lot of our people go by the Bible rather than going into the Bible. So I would say even in the Bible, if we were rather than romanticizing and saying, well, hey, we actually get in there and do some studying on those Bible studying days and asking, hey, what is the Torah about? What is the Talmud about? Jesus was a Jew. What was you? Who, who were the Jewish people? How does that tie in to me as being black? You understand? Or me being African. What did, what did Africans come from? Did God only bless Jews or only bless white folks? Or did God bless? And that's when you start opening the book and you say, well, hey, I see where they got the Ten Commandments from. They got those from the 42 oaths of purity from the laws of my eyes. You understand? It were 42 commandments quote unquote. But they only, it, it says Moses was learned in all of the ways of Egypt. But in, in the actual Bible, it starts to portray and paint Egypt of, as in, in this negative light. You understand? And that is The historical content, because a lot of our people, rather than having historical content now, we'll say, well, hey, I don't need my ancestors because I have Jesus. So you will erase your ancestors all to become akin to this this white figure or this figure that we say doesn't have a figure, but we normally see him as white. And that right there is the psychosis that needs to Mm -hmm. be or should be. And I'm not discounting the great spirit, the great people that are in the church. There are great people, and it's not the church. It is the actual people that are in the church that are great people. So, and, and even in the church, there are good things there. So, I, th- I say don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Learn what we need to learn, but we're able to assess the situation and say, hey, all this praying, all these tithe, all this ties money hasn't really gotten us out of the situation that we were praying about. 50 and 60, so that, that does I'm pretty sure even God Will want you that question, well hey Am I praying the right way, or do I Need mm-hmm. to actually do something different It, it, it does call a question You know, and I'm not bashing anyone I'm not here to bash anyone No, and I, I appreciate because you question. just gave some solutions
3: Callery, yes. yeah you gave yes, Now you're a, a solution of, You know, one of the solutions you said was You know, educating people To understand their history Yes ma'am, right and that takes and so for me that that moves beyond like yes church is part of that history for some people
0: yes ma'am but you yes, gave ma'am. a
3: solution like you got to understand i understand all the laws and principles
0: mm-hmm.
3: i get it so you have to um be open to learn but i I, I, I was reading a comment in the chat. That's why I kind of hesitated right there because we we're behind on a couple comments. Um, yeah, that's what so I was if you about. Don't mind. To say. Let me read these and, things. And, so one of the things that was um, Benito wrote is, "I oh, agree. The church is not even the topic. It's a distraction. The issue is the racism within the country. The conversation that we need to have is that of the entitled majority. We need to have an honest, truthful dialogue that might be challenging and uncomfortable." But until that is where where change begins. The topic of the church is merely a distraction. She then goes on to say, people are people are people. People will use anything to advance their agenda by any means necessary, either religion, politics, or any institution. We must stop using the church as a distraction. We as people will never move forward not addressing the issues of racism.
4: Well, let me say that
3: as far as church being a distraction,
4: it is a distraction. But what I'm gathering from, and it's something I never even thought of until the caller called in. I mean, I have conversations with my husband similar to what the caller is saying, and he would agree completely with what is being said. But a part of us addressing equality and racism does tie back to the church, because from what I'm gathering from what the caller is saying, which makes perfect sense, a lot of what we see in the Bible does not include us. So if we're not included, that would justify why these racist individuals right. appear to us because we're not mentioned in the Bible. All we see in the Bible is their skin. So that would explain they could be pissed poor. Because I I grew up in a, I grew up in the northern state. I didn't understand until I moved to Georgia. What I mean, of course, you learned it in history, but I never experienced racism. So when I got to Georgia and actually saw the difference, and you see the racism here, I really was my mind was it was completely blown because you you only hear what you're taught if you don't grow up around it. And what you're taught is that, you know, racism used to exist, slavery used to exist, and then it was abolished. So it's no longer a problem. That is not the case because when you come here, I ride, there's a community that we have to pass on the way to my husband's, his dad's house, a town called Ivy. He said it, his dad has said it, you never stop in Ivy if you're black. Similar to the story Shauna said, you don't stop in Ivy. And my husband will go over the speed limit, but he will put that thing on cruise control that entire short period. But Ivy is a very racist town. It's very poor. It's very, I mean, the, the homes are ragged. The cars are ragged. And I always ask the question, how the hell are these people racist when they really don't have a pot to piss in on windows thrown throw it out of? Florida? My husband always tries to explain to me, it's not about that. It's not about what they have or the fact that they're poor. Because I'm like, you know, our our elite and our, you know, our government and the 1%, the rich white people, they don't care about these poor white men. But my husband is like, it's not about them being poor. It's about the color of their skin. The color of their skin makes them feel superior regardless of how much they have. So until we address that, like I said, that had never even crossed my mind until caller said that. Very great point. I'm actually glad you called and made that point because that gives me a new way of looking at things because, just like you said, in order for us to move forward and address the racism and the equality, we have to actually address the church. Yes, we, I, I, I believe in God. I'm never going to take anything away from that, but as I've grown older, there are some things that I began to question as far as what's in the Bible. And I'm like, okay, well, if this is in the Bible— how do we know this is right? Who actually, who actually decided that this was right? Who are we to – and then it's all about perception. The way we've been taught may not even be from the proper per, uh, perspective. It may – not saying that nothing we're taught is wrong, um, right, but what I'm saying is everything we're being taught may oh. not be from the right perspective. So if that is the case, then a lot of this equality – uh inequality and uh, racism and injustice is embedded in the way people have perceived the Bible for all these years. So if right. that is the case, we have to go a step beyond that. Yes, read the Bible, believe in God and do all that. But just like all of you have said, you have to have some action to go along with that. because in the Bible as well, they have weapons. So God is not telling you, you see all this stuff going on around you, be unequipped. He never said that. God gave us common sense. So if you don't want to go out there and get that, you know, concealed carry, you don't want to protect yourself because you think that prayer is the only thing that's going to get you through. We'll read about you.
6: And and and, well, and let just me... to add on what I'm, I'm shutting up, go ahead, I'm shutting up. Go 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 ahead,
2: Queen. You go ahead, sis. Okay. <laughs> I want to say this: um, that we have to remember how the Bible got here in the first place. When the Europeans came, they brought that book with them as a vice of control. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. maybe we can change the, the word from the church to religion because uh-huh. yes, people use that book to their benefit no matter what religion it is, whether it's the Holy Koran, whether uh-huh. it's the, the Bible. Whether you're Baptist or Seventh-day Adventist, and everybody has that one Bible, but Lord knows if you go into there, they're all giving you their doctrination that suits their agenda. One of the biggest businesses out here is the Mormons, and more and more Mm -hmm. is emerging about that as a business, and this isn't knocking anyone again, but the truth is out there. And there's so much emerging now. Religion as a whole is a way to indoctrinate the people to that particular viewpoint. The Bible is a book. And many, many years ago, Sean, I don't know if you remember, I said, you can sit, I can put a chair in the middle of a room and just say, tell me about it. You have mm-hmm. some people who could say, well, it's just a chair in the middle of a dark room. You know, some people say, well, I'm tired. I'm going to go sit in the chair. And someone could say what? something else. And then they say, well, Maria, what did it mean? It means that it's a chair. And I asked you to talk about it. So, again, this is – um. Want to thank you, Benita, Um Um, For your your words and your participation Today it was appreciated greatly Uh, If you have to jump off Listen you have a great uh, day And if you're a mom have a great mother's day And if you're an auntie have a great Mother's day and do all of those Wonderful things but We're at about 28 minutes left in our Show ladies so again I'm going to go around the room Be mindful of your time Um, If uh, is Allie B Still here because she's been quiet
0: I'm still Allie here. B is still
2: on. Um, go around and give us some words of encouragement for today and beyond. Give us some words of encouragement, or where we go from here, because uh, I, want, I want to end today with the caller leaving the last words, because I think that we're on to something here, and it's about being the solution, and we've come up with a few. Stop taking what you're hearing from the pulpit to the history books about religion and the Bible, learn things for yourself, because until we understand that, we can't move forward. Secondly, it's not about the church itself. It's about religious doctrination as a whole, and that means across the board. Again, it comes down to us standing up and learning for ourselves, which society says that they know the people are lazy, and we're not going to do that. So this may be something that we have to sit down and call. I hope that you call back again because we may be on to something that the world needs to hear. And I don't know if you warned at the beginning, but this is a worldwide show. And we say the things that some people aren't ready to hear, but we're going to say them anyway. And we're going to bring them from our different points of views, and hopefully it will resonate with someone that helps to, Awaken more of the sleepers In this world So with that said We're going to start with Ali B We're going to go to Tarjay uh, You Shauna I'm just going to end the program So then it will go from you Shauna To our caller And then uh, we'll go from there 26 minutes so everybody be mindful of your time Ali B take it
5: away Alright some words of encouragement Going back on what uh, you said T. Maria just go ahead And we need to educate ourselves We don't need to take things uh, for face value, we need to dig deeper and work on being the solution. That's always uh, the saying that my principal says, be the solution. So we need to, to move from the discussion of what's going on to what can we do to combat it and what we need to do and to try to come together as a people to make sure that we aren't allowing the wool to continue to be pulled over our eyes and using that as an excuse to not be educated on the circumstances and the situations that are going on and um using that as a way to uh I guess be in some sort of denial and expect somebody else to pick up the mantle and run with it.
4: Yep. Tarja? Um I will just say um same thing. Educate yourself Educate your children, educate anyone that, you know, maybe in your life that's willing to listen. Um, have these conversations because these conversations are not comfortable. They're not, you know, things that a lot of people want to talk about, but they need to be talked about. They, we have to talk about things that are not comfortable. Religion and politics are among those things that are not comfortable. Racism, religion, and politics, people don't want to talk about that but we have to address them. It's a part of the solution. We can't ignore those factors because they are part of the solution. So, I mean, like I said, for me, I have two black sons that I'm I'm afraid for every day because, like I said, they grow up, they they are growing up around majority white children. My oldest son, he had, I believe, 98% of his, his friends are actually white, and that's fine, but I want him to understand that, you know, life is not going to always be like this, and the same thing with any of our other children that are, you know, experiencing this. We try to get them in the better areas and get them the better education, but along with that, you know, we can kind of lose them. We can give them a false hope of what the world is really like, so we need to actually, you know, still get them in those good neighborhoods, good educations, but educate them as well that, you know, these are the things that you have to look out for. These are the things that your friends may be able to do, but you cannot do because of the color of your skin. And um, I'll, I'll end it with that. Am I? Sorry,
3: missed, I was on China? mute. I was on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so the first thing I want to go into, and I agree with both of my with both Ali B and Tarjay. Um, and I want to say that you know you can never awaken. This is a quote: you can never awaken. Using the same system that put you to sleep in the first place. Whatever that was that covered your eyes and hindered you from thinking for yourself, you cannot use that same system that puts you to sleep. Right? Like my sister said be educated, walk in wisdom. Surround yourself with, with wise counsel. Don't move in anger. Move strategically with thoughts, intention. Just know that in order for change to happen, action must take place. And we are all responsible for taking action, if not just for our home and for our own families that would trickle to the community, to the state, and worldwide. Challenge everybody to this week, this coming week. Do something different that can make a change, that can make an impact. And in closing, I want to say that happy Mother's Day again to all of the beautiful mothers out there. I pray for all the mothers who have lost a child. You are not forgotten, and you are loved. So in peace
6: I go and in love. Caller? Yes. Well, I want to say it would definitely be hard uh, trying to come up behind all those uh, strong words, encouraging words, those loving, caring words uh, displayed by you, you great queen. And I, too, celebrate uh, a happy Mother's Day, not only this weekend, but all days. Every day of, of our lives, we need our mothers. We need our mothers at prime, um, so, so we do appreciate you not only on this weekend, but all days. And I think uh, one of our issues is that uh, that we have been dealing in a patriarchal system. Uh, you understand? Because a lot of times when we pray, we, we only look at God as being he. But then nobody comes to this earth without coming through a mother. So I think it's very important to, as you guys say, go back and ask those questions. Ask if our, uh, if our uh, connection with the creator is, is organic as it needs to be or as it should be. Have we put enough time in studying and in connecting the dots in our religion, in our historical content as we have for our, you know, uh, our schooling? You understand? That's, that's very important. Some of us put in 13 years. That we put in 13 uh, years of eight hours a day in, into our spiritual, and this is what I encourage um, because we must definitely become strong, and our spirit is the one that should be coupled with our outer um, experience, who we are. So like the sister was saying, when we're reading that book, it should be a thing that helps me feel good about who I am, helps me feel good about who my ancestors were. were. The Ashra Kwesi, he's a great, his story, and he talks about how you know you guys were talking about in Christianity presenting itself or them making pre- uh, 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 Christianity presentable. They were looking to make our enemy our deity, so they were looking to, to, to make us lift up the person, the same person that was going to beat us later on. We, we wanted we was to look up to and lift up the same person that killed our mother. And this is the thing that we are having to uh, resolve. We're having to clean it up with shows like this. I think it's going to be very important to create an ongoing culture. So as we go back into our daily lives, not only should we just get all emotional that the young brother got shot, or we should be looking to ask how we can make these connections in our communities rather than falling out with your neighbor over frail stuff. Looking to, you know, let those bygones be bygones and say, hey, you are my brother. When you're looking at your neighbor, you're looking at yourself, you know, and loving our people more. So, hey, this has been a great show, and I'm happy to have sat in with you guys and look coming back. And I, I wanted to also add in on that my uh, sister, my, um, my wife and her sister actually have a show and it's, uh, it's called Goddess Rap, and I wanted her to get on. She's kind of busy right now. But I would love for you, you know, to have you guys o- over there as well. So we, we, we I'm happy to have shared with you guys, and hopefully I've been able to add something uh, to, to the table.
3: Caller, thank you so, thank so you. much for joining us. I really appreciate your words today. Thank you again. Yes,
6: ma'am. Thank you.
3: And if you could, uh, send us a text or a message
2: and let us know your wife's uh, program as well. Our contact number is 202-618-2556. That's 202-618-2556. And again, we are stronger together, so we would welcome your wife to come on and talk about her program and what she has going on as well, because... Um, Again, we love to hear new perspectives and, and uh people who come with something fresh to the table. Uh again, each one of us is an intricate part of this bigger picture here. We bring mm-hmm. a different spice into the mix. So of course she's welcome to do that. We're here almost every Saturday morning, except for the first Saturday of every month, that's our rest day. But um yeah, yeah. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. We are here for the Focus Females Global Chat Cafe. And um, actually, and people, we number? still have about 15 minutes. 202
0: uh-huh.
2: 2556 Okay. You can reach you. out at any and time. Say, I'm sorry.
3: Say the show name again.
2: The name
6: say of your the show, show is called, uh-huh. it's called Goddess wrap and it'll be on today at 4 so you can find it there on blog talk Uh you know it'll present it, it, it'll it pop up and I'll try to you know connect and, and, and send you guys a link or more information about who she is and who we are and we thank I, I awesome. thank you all so yes ma'am awesome. thank you we for app- you thank you guys for your, for,
4: for your conversation
6: and for your work
3: mm-hmm. thank last. you
4: as well
2: most definitely so this has been well again we-
3: See, was this a good one today? We
2: never know.
0: (laughs) It was a good one today. Again, you know me, I tell you,
2: we (laughs) never know. Our shows, and I have to add, our shows are never scripted. What comes out is what comes out. What will be will be. And that's what has made us work for over a decade. We don't script anything. We don't know who's going to call in. But we know that the show will go on because we have something to say. And if you listen, wonderful. And if you do not, maybe in a year, a month, a day, you'll come back and you'll remember this show, this Varen show, and you'll have time to sit down and listen to it because our job is not to keep you asleep. Our job is to help you to wake up. And we do that by proving that we are stronger together. We are Whether you all like it or not, we prove that we can come together to agree, to disagree. We can come together as women. We can support one another. We can appreciate and respect one another. These are the things that we have to start bringing to the forefront in order for us to survive and become the ancestors that our children will be proud of. And that's what so many of us are working towards now. We have to change our train of thought. We cannot continue thinking that we are part of the European way of existing and surviving because we're not. We never will be. I know we might not see it in my lifetime, but the best that we can do is provide roadmaps where those coming after us can have some type of guide to work towards it. Whether we ever get there, I cannot say. But it's up to us to be that change that we talk about in the world. As Shauna said and everyone said, it's not about the church. It's not about that at all. It's about us educating ourselves because no matter what people say, Knowledge is only powerful when we take action upon the lessons that we have learned. If we don't do that, then knowledge is useless. And there are probably some people, ladies, that are going to be hot with us today. How dare you say to question the Bible? That means to question, (laughs) Pastor. Why can't you question, Pastor? Why can't you? Because while you're, you, you know, we can go back and forth, and while you're sitting up here, Bible says that I'm a tithe and I'm going to be fine. But where's your tithe going? Ask questions. The church was supposed to be built for the people and the communities. Where's the church in your community? Ask questions. How can you help the church to be more productive for the people and your community? Ask questions, people. Get involved. That's all we're saying. Get involved. Be that change that you're either waiting for or that you seek so dearly. Be that change. These ladies have evolved since this all began. I have evolved since this began. It was a young lady who came out. I met her initially. She had showed up at one of my real-life events that I had many, many, many years ago. Her name was Storm Ennis. And um, a few years ago, she had come on for one of our anniversary shows, and she she said, I've watched you grow. You've come a long way from the person who I saw when you were speaking at that event to that particular day. So we all have room to grow, all of us, each of us here are leaders in our own right, and we're still coming into our own. I remember when Tarjay first started, she said, uh, no, nah, I can't do no talking on the radio. Mm-mm. That mm-mm. I'm fine sending you something to read, but I'm not going to do it. Yet here she is. <laughs> Allie B., I remember, you know, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I can't do this. Well, sometimes when you know that you're working towards your own destiny, you have to make that time. And here she is. Shauna, I met many, 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 many years ago, she was speaking on someone else's event or platform, and I reached out a total stranger and I said, hey, do you know what you really possess? I see something in you that I don't think that you actually see in yourself. And I don't know how many years ago that was, Shauna, but I know it was a long time ago. And here she is. And every day, every week, we still learn each other. We come with different Points of view because we're from different eras, we're from different generations, but we all come together for that one thing to help people heal through their hurts. And that's what makes us work. We cannot be duplicated, we can't be imitated because each of us is an original. And we come together to make this program. In original production every single week And wherever we're drawing our inspiration motivation and energy from Including each other What the universe has for us Sends to us every single week And here we are We are that sisterhood We are that sisterhood that's known as focus We are the females who offer Clarity, unity, and Success. We are the sisters of focus. We don't have to be connected by DNA. I speak about my little blended family all the time. And we are very blended. Trust me when I say we're good and blended. Um, when it comes down to a blood tie, for me, being the matriarch, there's one blood tie. But there's five six, seven, eight love ties, so again, I need you all to um, to understand that and move along. We are getting calls in now, I'm pretty sure it's coming in from our business line, so it's probably a caller coming in someone from washington d c um So we'll get to those. I'll get to those after our program ends. But ladies, I want you all to know how much I appreciate each and every one of you and how proud I am of your growth and how far you have come. And I still, you all know that I'm the visionary. So I see. I have already envisioned where you will end up. And my uh encouragement to you is to keep moving forward, keep climbing, and I know that we're not going to be together forever because that would be selfish of me to keep you here with me for the rest of your days. It's my hope that you spread your wings and fly, ladies. You write your book, Shauna, If you have a book in you, you birth that too, and you all move forward. And become everything that I know, that the universe and the great I am, or whoever you want to call it, has birthed you on this earth to become. So with that, I want to say thank you. And um, happy Mother's Day to everyone, each of you. And uh, I hope that we'll be back for another powerful session again next week when we'll pick up where we left off. And tomorrow... Of course, there's a special Mother's Day program that I'm doing for the Sunday Morning Inspiration because if we have to heal, we have to talk about all of the hurts. And as much as many of us are celebrating Mother's Day, there are a lot of us who are also hurting for many reasons. And we're going to touch on some of those tomorrow at 10 a.m. right here on the Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network for the Sunday Morning Inspiration Show. So I hope that you can chime in and join us. And if you cannot because you're at your houses of worship or you are celebrating with your families, enjoy every moment of that. Uh, me being an empty nester and by myself and my family is all out of the state. Um, that gives me the opportunity to be the voice for some people who feel left out on days such as Mother's Day and Father's Day and all the major holidays and some Other not-so-major holidays as well, but we're going to have a special show tomorrow at 10 a.m. And it's not at its regular time, only because I have some engagements for tomorrow morning. So until next time, let's see, where's my little mood music? Where's my infamous music, ladies? Okay, here we go. We want to pray each and every one of you enough. We want to pray you enough sunshine to brighten those rainy days of yours. We also want to pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully, and in Shauna's case, snow, because it will melt into water, which will help to water your gardens and make them grow beautifully. We want to pray you enough smiles to turn the frowns that you carry around upside down, but most of all, we want to pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be coming your way and knocking at your door at this very moment and beyond. That's what prayer is about giving you the guidance and the grace and the courage and the strength to face whatever is coming your way so that you can achieve that goal that you were born on this earth to reach. So until next time, ladies, be well, be blessed. I'll see most of you on the other side. This was an awesome show. But then again, they all are, but sometimes some stick out more so than others and this was a powerful show so remember to share it with those you know could get something out of it that where it would resonate with them because it is my hope that our words will be able to touch the world so again our number is 2026182556 that's 2026182556 until next time, be well, be blessed, and we will see you soon as we begin. We will end with Tori Lee's Good Music. Ladies, have a great weekend and remainder of your week, and I'll see you again soon.
3: All right, you as well. Peace.
2: remember I announced that this was going to be an abbreviated show and it turned into a full two hour show anyway but again we never know what's going to happen so wow this is really great have a great weekend and I'll see
0: you soon with only good music something about the things you said in my mind I wanna sit down and listen to you. I listen all night. The melody, the arrangement, makes my body go so crazy. I try my feet, man, I love to beat. It's the way the music comes over me. The emotions I get, I won't fight. Sometimes the music is you to make you cry and dry your eyes. You know when the music is the way you can hide But I get lost in your words It feels so good when I'm hurt Take my mind off of the pain Love when the beat takes me away With only good music Oh, 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 oh With only good music
1: Put your game in a song just to make me moan. I like my Robin take me alone. A thug out, bone,
0: Triple shots, that's the trend. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Takes my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Oh.